This episode of We Want to Talk About It Now is brought to you by Squarespace.com. And guess what? Squarespace.com is now an official full-time advertiser for We Want to Talk About It Now. You're looking to make a cool website? You're looking to get people to know more about your brand? Squarespace has never made it more easy for users to create the best website to show off all the cool stuff they're doing. Check them out at squarespace.com. Because we don't care. We want to talk about it now. Loneliness. It's what we want to talk about now. Such a deep, dark, sad, sad subject that really doesn't get discussed very often, if at all, to my knowledge. We talk a lot about like mental health. We talk a lot about anxiety and different things like that. But I really do believe that most things could be resolved from... I'll, I'll actually want to... I'll just set up the reason that I wanted to do this. So Katie's in New Orleans, what's super happy for she went on a trip for her graduation with her family kind of a celebratory congratulations on graduating gift and it has made me reflect on like anytime that Katie leaves like this is gonna sound terrible like it's nice for about 24 to 48 hours you know just 24 48 hours just like being alone with yourself kind of time to reflect think about things in your life whatever and then usually in that 24, 48, and then moving into like the 72-hour period, there starts to just be this, because I'm not like one of those people who's like, well, if Katie's not here, I'm just going to, because I everyone does this, and I hate when people do this, like, oh, okay, my significant other is out of town, I can now hang out with my friends. It's a very common thing that people do, like, oh, all of a sudden now, yes, I have time for you. That's not my style. Not my style at all. So normally when Katie is gone, unless somebody invites me somewhere, I generally just stay at home doing nothing, really. Sometimes I'll like play video games with my brothers or something like that. Uh, but it, So for two to three days, I'm alone, and then it, it really starts to get to me. And it really started to get to me this time because I started thinking about... Oh, by the way, Sheila's on. I really, start, <laughs> really started to think about... Um, like, what it's going to be like. Like, what if Katie just, like, died tomorrow like how incredibly impactful that would be in like a lot of ways not just necessarily like you lose someone that you care deeply about and that you love but also just that person that you can always depend on to be there for whatever reason is no longer there and we already know this we already have all of the studies showing how people who live alone fare far worse mental and physical lives than those who have people that surround them. And I honestly think that's part of the reason people have so many kids because really you have all your friends that are like your same age, cool. But then around 40, 50, your friends start dying. And so now you have fewer friends to spend time with. Then you get into your 60s, 70s, and hopefully you make it all the way with your spouse. Like, Oh, that sweet love, like the Dear Bobby story, this 95-year-old man singing a song. Well, he's not singing the song. Yellow Card is singing the song. And they both end up being growing until their 80s. They always had each other until their 90s, blah, blah, blah. Then one dies, and then very quickly the other one passes away. And we're like, oh, that's such a beautiful story. But that is such a rare, rare story. That doesn't happen regularly. People, what generally happens is somebody dies, and then it's like, hey, 
all right, I got the next 10 to 15 years to kind of figure out who my people are. And to those people who have kids around them, obviously they can come and visit them and whatnot. But just kind of open it up, Sheila. Like I have been going through, especially since I've turned 30, like 29 was a very existential year for me, just thinking about things like that. Um, and how to just combat this overall loneliness that people generally feel. Because I do think it takes two to tango. Like I'm not saying oh, where was everybody wanting to hang out with me this weekend? That's not what the, this is. And honestly, it's really not that big of a deal. The reason that like it kind of sucked this time is I was envisioning the future. I was envisioning like when I'm 80, I have no progeny. If Katie dies like in her 60s or whatever, that's 10 to 15 years where it's just kind of me on my own. And the reason being that like, even if like, let's say your friends die in your 70s or 80s, Friends, if they're kids, if they have kids, are probably going to be spending time with them and with their grandkids. So don't really have anywhere that I want to go with this in particular, but just the idea of how terrifying that is. And if there's like any things that you can think, Sheila, what I need is you to solve all the world's problems, <laughs> all the world's problems right now. So if you could do that, it'd be great. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I like, I, like before this uh, podcast, like, I don't know if we ever chatted about this, but I'm very much experiencing the same thing. Um, and just thinking about what do you want your life to look like when you're older? Like, you know, ideally that you get older, first of all, but that, what, what does that look like when you're in your, your sixties, your seventies, your eighties. And I think I used to think about being older as like 80 or 90, but I think that's pretty ambitious, like for the average person. And, yes. and I've also thought about like, especially cause Aaron was gone a few days this week, after our trip, like what my life would be and how, how lonely that would be to be alone. Um, and we've talked about like, we're very unsure on the kids thing, but the number one reason I think about having kids is that like, what does my life look like when I'm older? But I think too, you know, I, my, my, so my great grandmother, she is 93 right now. Um, super active. Like she, has a very full life and she seems so happy. She's had two husbands in her life. Um, both like one, the first one died in her forties, I think. Um, and then the second one died, this, which was like my grandpa, uh, in about 15 years ago. Um, so she's now been alone for 15 years, but she's built up such a community around her and an active life. Um, and I think part of that, you know, is, is, is great, uh, or it's it's because she can like she can be active and some people aren't gifted with that kind of health um but like she travels a lot she goes and sees her siblings she has a lot of siblings like she's she runs a uh and is a part owner of a knitting shop like a yarn is, shop is so she the oldest in her family she no she's the second oldest second or yeah second oldest um but so she's all found, your oldest children i feel like just to kind of harp on that point that you just made sheila is like as an oldest child, if you want to hang out with your siblings, that's more doable for you because you're most likely going to be the first one to die, so you don't really have to worry about it. So you have that even built in more. So being the youngest child, which, once again, I don't want this to come across like Alex is like, woe is me right now, but just like understanding all of the different scenarios for each person in very specific situations. Sorry. Yeah, well, and I, I think it just keeps coming back to me, like the only way that you can kind of have some degree of control over over what the end of your life looks like is by building up, like by building your life 
whatever that is you want it to be. So like you can choose to continue to build community. You can choose to pick up hobbies or things that you can do with other people, but you have to work at that. Whereas like having kids or having a really big family, be it, you know, you're the youngest or the oldest is like kind of baked in. Um, so, I mean, it seems like you can still have that meaningful, full life uh, without, you know, a spouse or, or a family, but you really, really have to try. And we know how hard it is to make friends past, you know, a certain age, too. Not to, like, nitpick or anything like that. Would you say it's, like, a fulfilled life more than a meaningful life? Because I bet you you could hmm. associate with people just for the sake of associating with people and still have no meaning whatnot. Oh yeah. But I do feel like it can feel more like a completed life. I don't want to like argue semantics or whatever, but just cause I'm thinking about my own family because I'm sure people have been listening to the podcast. Um, actually I know people are cause I have all of the statistics. <laughs> um, but I, there have been like recent podcasts where I've been like really hard on my family. And I bet you some people are like, why would you try, why are you like alienating these people? Like Alex, why are you doing doing that because one thing that I struggle with is I am a and we, I, my brother Ryan brought this up on a podcast like a no nonsense no BS type of thing which I hate portraying myself like that because people probably think like I because I hate the person that goes I just tell it how it is I've always said the person who just tells it how it is is a terrible person nobody like I'm just honest I'm just honest man I'm just telling the truth I don't want it to come across that way what I generally am telling it as it is. I'm not telling my own truth. I am telling the truth of multiple people who are keeping things silent and buried down. Um, and also, once again, not to make myself seem like a martyr or seem like a better person than those people. I just can't stand having to listen to someone bitch and complain about a certain person and just be like, you know what we could do is like just tell them this thing. Because honestly, what is easier is just ignore it and then you don't spend any time with that person anyways, but at least like they have this ignorant, albeit bliss, where they can think, oh, like things are going well. Things are going, like things are fine. We haven't talked in one year. That's normal. We didn't talk last year either. Like things must be going well. Like, well, actually the reason that we don't talk with one another is because X, Y, and Z situation and that's another reason that this subject has been on my mind because I have been going through a, a renaissance, if you will, as far as like how I view the world and relationships. And I, I, I struggle with, I really want relationships because they bring the most meaning, going back to that thing, that, that does put the most meaning in my life. And I feel like we've talked about this a ton, how important relationships are to both of us. But what I, I'm now starting to fall into that double-edged sword. I really don't want to be lonely as I grow up, but I really don't want to play the game. And some people would be like, "Sorry, Alex, if you want to play the game, you have to like if you want to be if you want to be able to be a participant in the game, you have to play it." Which I just don't want to do. I don't want to be that person who's just like, "Yeah, you know what? You're doing great." you're doing great. Like every single time someone has like a bad day or whatever, like, ah, oh, that sucks. As opposed to being like, oh, well, the way that you just told me the story, you are actually the bad person in this situation. Nobody wants to be the bad person in any situation or story that they tell. But I've started doing that. And obviously it's broken a lot of, not broken, it's fractured a lot of relationships. And quite honestly, didn't even, they weren't relationships. Like, I'm going to be honest. If, if really all that you have is like a connection of like, oh, well, well, we're family. Like, well, when's the last time that you and I had like a meaningful conversation about anything? Oh, it's been three years. There probably isn't a relationship that I need to mend or fix. 
but there's a lot of other anyways i'm just kind of ranting and rambling right now because i once again just so everybody knows this is my therapy this is how i figure things out like ultimately what i'm doing is a therapy session on how alex can combat the impending inevitable loneliness that he's going to feel in his future because i just think about like certain members of my family and just how how blind I was to how much they might have been suffering at times. Because once I go three days without Katie, I'm like, man, this is getting a little bit, it's getting a little bit tough. I've had siblings who have just been like really all alone, whether it be from divorce, whether it be from alienation from their kids, whether it be ex any number of things where they were alone for a really long period of time. And then I come in and like, I judge them for all of these life choices that they're making. I'm just like, can't believe you're doing that. Can't believe you're doing that. And then I realize, like, oh, well maybe if someone would have just like kind of been there for them in this moment, they could have had a turnaround. They could be happier, whatever. But because I chose to continue to alienate and honestly, once again, it's a two way road. They, uh, they also alienate themselves. It's a Skinner thing where we just bury everything down instead of sharing it with with people, like how we really feel, it just makes, like, it's so complicated. Like, I, I don't know how involved I need to be in everything. All I know is, like, I need people at the end of the line, and what's looking like the best route for me is probably having children. It's like the Michael Scott thing. I want to have a thousand friends, be, or I want to have a thousand kids, because then I'll have a thousand friends, and then no one can say no to me. <laughs> I this has to be a biological thing, right? Like we want community because community helped us survive before. Yeah. So I'm just trying to like think, I mean, maybe there, maybe there's nothing really interesting there, but like, why do, like, why do we start getting weird after a few days? Cause like I get weird after a few days home alone. If I'm like not talking to anyone, if Aaron's gone for a long weekend and I'm here by myself and I don't like interact with other human beings in any meaningful way, like I start to get a little bit like weird Cat fever, stir crazy. Yeah. Like just like my thought process is super bizarre. Maybe it's like a distraction thing. Like maybe being around people distracts you from getting too introspective or something. Um, but I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Because that's one thing going back to like the old people thing and sorry for calling you old people. You can call me old when I get older, younger generation. And I won't feel bad about it. I'm really getting sick and tired of all of <laughs> getting sick and tired of all of the uh, signaling that people, the social and virtue signaling that people are doing. Like just remember it's uh, it's the intent, not the words themselves that should, that should hurt you. Anyways, so that's why, like, I go back to the old people thing. Another difference for you and I is we can go into work. We can go and associate with these people that we have good relationships with. Some, some are, like, more than just coworker relationships. They're actual friendships for, for both of us, if I had to assume, for you, Sheila. And so yeah. we have that other outlet. Whereas, once, once again, if you, if you retire, you're kind of just there by, by yourself. And maybe it's fun to, like, go traveling by yourself and meet new people that way. But from what I've experienced in travel, I don't talk to any of the people that we met on our England or Spain trip anymore. It was fun, nice and fleeting for a few moments. But maybe if I had no other friends, I would try to maintain those relationships. But I guarantee those people would not because they're like, yeah, we got our own thing going on. Why are we going to spend the time on this uh, Americano that's all the way back in the state of Utah? It is? is that what it is? Is that, is that part of California? But... <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it seems like it seems like the, the friendships that you make when you're a lot younger are the ones that can stand the, the test of distance. Like the people that I've stayed friends with are people that I was friends with, you know, like early 20s and younger. But then from that point on, it really feels like more of a proximity relationship. So we can always kind of make these relationships out of proximity, but it takes so long to have them become like truly meaningful. Sustainable. Yeah, like like y- you talking about those people on our trip like is a perfect example. Like you would have to work very hard to build meaningful bonds to have things to continue to talk to those people about. Whereas like someone that I work with and see every day, like you just naturally get to know them and you build a relationship over time. Um, so some of it's just proximity too. And like when you're older, are you putting yourself out there to be around people that you can build these relationships with, I guess? And proximity, I feel like proximity is a little bit less important now just because of the internet. So there are so many different ways to communicate, but I am not entirely sure that it's because I have no physical contact either. I'm not saying like I need to have sex with my wife. Like, oh my gosh, it's been three days. I just, I can't wait three days to not have, like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Just, I I grow so accustomed to, did I, did I text this to somebody? Uh, I think I was going to do an Instagram post and I was just like, nah, I'm too lazy. I don't want to, none of my Instagram posts are never pretty. And they're literally like, I am more of an ideas man and less of a, uh, put it into action type man. Anyways, but like I was thinking, I was like, man, when Katie's gone, when you wake up, you just wake up. And -hmm. I know that probably doesn't sound very deep to anybody, but I'll just go through our normal morning routine. Katie and I, generally speaking, depending on if we have planned to go to the gym in the morning with each other or not, and even when we have that, we make plans for what I'm about to say. So at usually she'll have an alarm go off. Honestly, we naturally wake up around five-ish to, you know, because we're getting older, we have to go to the bathroom every two hours. So (laughs) we're up at five and we'll just cuddle. Like nothing, how I would describe it is the the remains of the couple from Vesuvius were just in the cuddle position. <laughs> and we do that for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes when her first alarm, when her actual alarm to wake up goes off around 5.45. I shouldn't be giving out like what our entire schedule is. That like puts Katie <laughs> at, at like significant risk <laughs> um, <laughs> from, from predators. Anyways, I won't tell you when she leaves or what time she has to get to work. But anyways, like we spend 30, 45 minutes cuddling with one another and then she's been gone I'm like all right I guess I just wake up and then if you there's one morning where I was like it was fine like yep just gonna wake up and go and then there was another morning where I was like I'm just gonna stay in bed and watch YouTube videos for a little while not like go off like there's no motivation no second person to be like hey so is it want me to make your drink like pre-workout for the gym and that is I'm sure there's studies on the effects of physical intimacy, not necessarily sex, on the brain and just overall well-being. But good golly, we're putting a lot of a lot of unnecessary stress on people. First for like business travel, and then also like for leisurely friendship travels that we go on. I still think it's very important, but you also have to understand the implications of that. I don't think it's as simple because I used to be this way. Like I used to just be like this. This guy who didn't think about the world. When I was like 25, I was just like, Katie, who cares if I'm gone for like X amount of time? Like, not that Katie would ever give me crap, but just she'd always be like, I miss you. Uh, I wish I could see you more often. Or I wish I could see you today, whatever. And now coming to the realization that it was probably just like, 
very emotionally scarred. Like, yep, I'm going to be gone for five days or four nights. See you later. Um, and then I'm also not a person who really, and she, Katie can say this too. When she's gone, I'm not even very communicative. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I'll talk to you when you get home. I do know what it is. It's because I want her to have a good time. I don't want her to have to be thinking about me. I don't want to be like, which I guess I could just be like, hey, how are things going? But I always just feel like that's an invitation to be like, ask me how I'm doing. Ask me how my day is. So I just allow her to have that time. I want her to really enjoy the time that she's away from me as opposed to doing some, and I just feel bad even recording this podcast because I don't want it to come across as if like, I don't want her to go on trips like this. I really, really want her to go on trips like this because I feel like it allows her to build friendships and relationships with people. But when things like this happen, it just makes me empathize more for when I do it to, to her and then also to, to other people. But sorry, uh, once again, I, I could just keep going on. This could have been, I want to talk about it now, but I, it's just insane to me how many little things and to think that there are probably, this is probably, this is happening all the time, right? Like I'm not stupid to think that this doesn't happen. So I wonder if there's people who, cause I, we talked, we've talked about this before. Sheila, I'm like, I would just wish I knew what everyone's mental state was, emotional state was in, in work relationships, uh, both people that I work directly with than with clients that I work with too, because what if it's just as simple as, oh my gosh, this person's wife is out of town and they're just really lonely and down right now. And that's why they're upset about this thing right now. So now I don't have to like feel terrible because the client's upset about something when they're not really upset about something. It's just something going on in their life. There's so many people are so layered to use a common trope of the onion. Like there's so many different things to peel back that you can't just, you can't put somebody into one scenario uh, forever, which I'm sure people think I do that all the time. Unfortunately with the podcast, what happens is I feel a certain way about something and then I just want to get it out, uh, vent, and then I can move on with my life and be happy. Because once, as I've mentioned, there have been a lot of people who've been upset with recent podcasts that I've been doing, but I, and I've told them just like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the podcast up because it's a very real, how I felt in the moment type thing. So sorry if that has alienated you in any way. And what's really sad about it is the people that I'm alienating have never been super, I've never been super close with the people, but there are other people I am close with that I like, I'm thinking of friends right now, not necessarily family, though there is family that has problems with things that I've been saying recently, but thinking of one friend in particular who asked me about a specific thing I said about their girlfriend, <laughs> said about their girlfriend on a podcast. And I was just like, that's just how I felt, man. And we don't spend as much time anymore because of, because of that. What do you, what do you, I know we've talked about honesty before, but overall, how do you feel about when is it like our place to say, hey, this, this, is, this action is not okay? Like, should we do it right away or once it becomes like a, a habit? We see that this person is habitually acting this way in given social settings because that's something I've been str- struggling with because I almost think the very first time this happens, we should nip it in the bud. You shouldn't just allow it to keep going on so you can see if it is. Like, don't even let it become a habit is what I'm kind of saying. See, I, I think I'm the other way. I think I, I'm. I think that maybe with like managing, 
like act, like actual poor behavior or not like actual, but you know, you know what I mean? Like if you're seeing something that someone on your staff is doing or has done, I think it's okay to correct in the moment. I'm more of like, I wait and see if there's a pattern because people can have bad days and they can have bad moments and don't, you know, sometimes I just feel like it's kinder to let them recover from that. It's when it's a, uh, pattern that it starts to get more complicated in my opinion. And that pattern depends on how it's either impacting you or impacting them. I tend to be more like, if it's not impacting me, I tend to not comment, not, not get involved because I think, unless, it, unless someone asks me my opinion on it or whatever. Um, because I, I feel like they'll figure it out and I don't want them to feel alienated or, uh, ashamed if it's addressed because uh, oftentimes I think people do realize this stuff too, to some degree. Um, but I think when, uh, it's affecting you or like, you're going to cut off a friendship because of it. Like maybe you're distancing yourself from that person because they're, they have a certain behavior. I think it's the right thing to do is usually to tell them so that it, you're at least honest about why things are changing and they're not confused. Um, have you ever cut off a relationship and like actually done like a full breakup? Um, or because normally the reason is like normally how I see people do it is they just stop talking I'm like all right see ya yeah excuse me um I had a friend I I don't often have to I, it hasn't happened to me very many times but I had a really really close friend in like middle school and high school that like we were the best 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 of friends and I thought that her behavior started to become really immature and um, we just were really different people. Like we became really different people and there was a, a, like a deciding moment where something happened and I was just like, this is not like, we're, we're just so different. And I did kind of just like start to separate myself. And then she asked me like, kudos to her. Um, and I was honest and I said, you know, I just like, here's the things that happened and I still love you. And I did, and I still do, but I just don't think that we are like on the same page anymore. And I just didn't want to have that, you know, like I said some other way, like I don't want to have that be part of my life. Um, but I think that's another thing too about being more mature is like you can still care and love about love that person or have empathy for that person, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily want to travel with them or spend a lot of time with them. Like, I, I don't know if you've had this, but like friends who become really, really negative and like all they, t all they do is like drain you because they're just constantly like stressed out or complaining about something like I love you, but I, I just can't have that in my life all the time. Sometimes I feel like I'm that person, though. I feel like I'm like the the super, and I've realized what I what I am lacking is is mercy. Uh, most of the time, though, like I have have been so focused on what's fair and what is just that I neglect to remember that sometimes people just have a bad day, so and. I feel so off put when somebody has a single bad day. I'm super willing to forgive all of the many bad days that I have had with somebody, but unwilling to provide the exact same empathy back to, to a given person. Something I'm trying to get better at, but struggle. It, honestly, it all came to a head like in November and December of this, of this past year when I had this real, and I think I told you about this. I had the realization that I was just like, man, I have all of these expectations of people that one are unfair and two, they don't know about why, because I'm not telling them what my expectations of them are and that's totally unfair to them. But what ends up happening is because I don't let them know 
what I feel are good expectations or the reason why I'm upset about something, it just divulges into the, we just stop talking to each other or stop associating with each other as much. And then eventually we don't really talk anymore. Well, and and, every, yeah. oh, sorry. No, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, every friendship or every human is going to have their flaws and they're going to have their moments. And I think like whatever that line is of what you feel like you have to call out versus what you deal with, I guess. Like, I think that those lines vary by the person, but yeah, I mean, we have to have, like, I'm sure there's tons of, tons of things that I do that irritate my friends, but they're hopefully the general friendship is more meaningful than the bad day and vice versa. Yeah. And like, like all of our friendships, we get different things out of, right? Like you might have one friend that's really good at, having like they, they they're just a fun hang like they're a fun happy person to be around and then there's another friend who you can go deep with and you can uh, or one friend who knows a lot about your family and so they'll understand so like everyone has like a diff- serves a different role in your life and in, um your mental health really i guess so sometimes it's not necessarily fair to hold someone to a standard that you would hold another friend to because that's not the role that they fulfill for you I guess that sounds like you're using someone, but I think that's just reality. Like we, different people meet different needs for us as humans. Well, well, yeah, it's basically the reason that um, I don't believe that socialism or communism is the way is because even in our social relationships, we act capitalistically (laughs) like, like most of like, we always are like talking about like, man, you have to be a sociopath to get to the level that Jeff Bezos or somebody like a Bill Gates is at type thing. But if you really look at like relationships as well, not to say that I, I, I honestly think that it's more of a subconscious thing than like an actual, oh, what's that word? A very overt, that's not the word. What's that word? Conscious? Intentional. And conscious, yeah, both of those words are like a very in- intentional decision where it's like, all right, so I need this friend for this, this friend for this. I'm going to give just about this much equity to them so that I can continue to get this thing that I need from them. But really, that's all it is. It's all just like an exchange of, it's an exchange of services, how you were describing it in particular. And I agree with how you were describing it, where it's like, yeah, you're the person who I can talk to about this thing awesome. Thank you. for. I'll give you a little bit something back and how I can talk to you about a certain thing or whatever. But it's very interesting that there's no, and I go back to it. There's no unconditional love. Everybody wants something out of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't think about it that way quite as well. Like I think that, I think that's likely true. But I don't because we're not intentional and we're not conscious about it. I think, I do think that it's ma- forgivable. matters quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Well, and I and I think instead of thinking about it as like what you're taking from them, it's like what are the gifts that they have? Like, some I have a few uh, friends in the city that are extremely empath. Like they have very high empathy levels for everyone and they're able to see a lot of points of view on things. Um, and and I really appreciate this trait of theirs so like it's it's also recognizing certain really great qualities about people um versus like i mean you're still benefiting from that i understand that but it's also like in praise of them and the people that they are i don't know if that makes sense no it does because i don't know i always just try to 
not always. I try to simplify things way too much to a point of my own understanding. So I think sometimes when I do that, I neglect the, the kindness part of things often. I really do think that we're all very, like, don't get me wrong. We do selfless things. We've talked about this many times. We, we definitely do selfless things. But more often than not, I think there is some sort of tie back to a selfish reason for doing that selfless thing. But that's not to say that that selfless act is somehow sullied because of the, of the fact that there was a selfish, selfish reason behind it. Like, who ca- if, if Jeff Bezos wants to give $10 million to Australia, I'm not going to go, oh, he's just doing this so he can look good, get some good press, blah, blah, blah. Australia just got $10 million, Alex. What's, what, what, what are, why are you complaining? I think, I, I think what I'm, the reason that I want to do this episode, the more I think about it, is because I don't want to be the mob. I don't want to, and, and I have been. Like, the thing that I've been fighting against, fighting as if, like, I'm an actual social justice warrior. I'm not. The thing I've been fighting against this entire time, I have been. Um, not all the time, but in some of my podcasts and the way that I talk with people at work or just in my friend relationships. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've been trying really hard, like in our G chat conversations, to talk less about like negative things. If you remember, all I would do is just like, all right, here's a stupid headline. And like, but what I realized, like, this is intentionally trying to enrage me and get me to share my rage with somebody else. So I need to stop doing that. Now, granted, I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about uh, is beneficial uh, to at least help me formulate my opinions on, on different things at times. But I'm trying to cut back way on those super negative things because half the time, if like you were to have brought it up with me, my response would have been like, yep, another bad thing. Like if I, <laughs> like, so I need to stop projecting that onto, onto other people, all of these negative things that I, that I continue to find. Because once again, if, if Alex, if you really believe that this is the best time in human history, if you disagree with all of the people who have said it's the end times, things are getting worse, blah, 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 you disagree with that, then you need to go out and, and find the good. Has that become for some reason, more difficult for whatever reason? Yes, but there are like tons and tons of good stories that we can talk about. They're just not as sexy because people want to believe that their lives are better than everybody else. And how do you do that? You find all of the negative things going on in somebody else's life to focus on so that you can feel better about your meaningless, essentially meaningless existence, which sorry to like be Debbie Downer on this because I am very happy to be alive. I am very happy with where I'm at in my life, but Life essentially is meaningless the way that I see it. And I'm sure people are like, well, that's so... And what I hate is the condescension that comes from like, man, Alex is lost. He's so... What a sad, what a sad, sad life that he has led. Like, fine. At least I am... I I feel like I am much more aware of the reality of our given predicament that we are currently in in life, which is no one's going to remember you after three generations. And when I say three generations, I mean your great grandkids. Maybe if you have kids earlier enough in life, your great grandkids are going to remember you, but I can't. Or if you become super famous for either being Hitler and or Jesus, like both like the good and the bad is what I mean by that. Because I don't know. I, I, Sheila, I guess you kind of know your great grandparents because of that book that you have, but you didn't until recently. And I'm not, I don't I, plan on writing a book about myself. <laughs> 
I mean, and like the difference of three generations to four generations, like that, I don't think it's really material because at the point is at the end of the day, like you're everyone's going to be forgotten. Like correct, pretty the much everyone. Unless, yeah. So it, like, yeah. The but sun's going to blow up. Yeah, like it's all going to cease to matter. But I, I, the the point about or your comment about bonding or discussion over things that just make you angry, I guess. I was thinking about this recently because we don't, we as like humans don't always just share good news and there is an appetite for it. Like we see this at work when the types of, the types of content that we program for, like people love to watch it and consume it, but there isn't usually much to talk about. And I wonder, I've just never thought about there's it. No I wonder debate. why that is. Yeah. Like there's no debate or there's nothing to really read into. Cause I feel like oftentimes when you and I are G chatting about whatever the, the latest crazy headline or thing that is thing that's going on. We're either debating the like ethics or, uh, that's like way. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it's sparking some other like question about humans. I don't know. Like it usually drives, usually drives like some kind of conversation. Whereas I feel (laughs) like if I sent you a video that was like, this person gave this person a free car, it's like, Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. But like, okay. (laughs) Like, so I, I, there's no problem to fix. Right, and I've kind I, of debated yeah. this at work because I made a comment in one of our like leadership meetings that my team has bonded a lot over Facebook ad errors. Like they, because everyone has to experience it, it gives them something to talk about across the country because they're in different offices. And someone made a comment was they were like, "There's much better things to bond over," and I was like, "Hmm, like burn, but also that's you know interesting, <laughs> <laughs> like interesting." And I tried to challenge myself to have like better experience that was and I told I think I told you we have like a riddle of the day we haven't done it in a while but like it's something that we could do together to try and like spark conversation across the offices that wasn't negative but I've, I still have debated like is there a value to those negative or anger inducing moments that brings people together in a healthy way versus like just a negative way I, I don't know that's a really good question because that's usually what people but maybe that's like what we, I think we've talked about this too. I don't know. I say so many things to so many people that I, I forget when I, who I've said, well, I, anyways, I don't want to diminish any conversation I've had with other people about this, but the idea of we have so few problems to fix right now, we need something to fix together is probably where that is coming from. Like humans naturally want to, that, that's what evolution means is taking uh, a weakness that we feel like we have and improving on that weakness to make it a strength or to at least make it something that won't get us killed. And right now, because we have so few problems that really matter, let's be honest, we just want to find the one little things that make us really, really pissed off. And honestly, there are a lot of serious problems that the, that the world has going on right now. And I'm actually going to be doing a podcast. I guess I can talk about it a little bit here. With, uh, with one of my brothers about just how there are only so few things that a hu- human can care about. We only have the capacity within our brains for X amount of knowledge to fill it. So we have to make decisions on what to include and what to, to exclude. I feel, and once again, this goes back to what I was saying about how I have all of these expectations for other people that they don't know about. And the reason they don't know about it is because that expectation is something they don't care about. There are things I'm very passionate about and would love to see changes in the world come about for for given things, and I think they're the most important things. 
like for example, just like Alzheimer's research, I think we should be giving way more money to Alzheimer's research than we currently do. Most people, unless they're affected by it, don't really care. It's like the same thing with cancer. When a couple people that I know were impacted by brain cancer, it just makes it a much more real thing. All of a sudden, Alex cares about brain cancer. Yesterday he didn't, and today he does. Like I understand now the reason that people don't care about everything because if you don't have a line of sight on it, you just pull away. Or, or It's just out of sight, out of mind is really what it is. If, if you don't have a reason to care about something, you're not going to, to care about it. But it always just upsets me, and I need to get over it. I need to stop letting people upset me when people are picking the wrong things to care about. Like, we have a, a bigger pro- – usually, and usually what it is is it's a, a little problem that speaks to a much larger problem that we have. Uh, and honestly, I don't know the numbers or figures, and I don't honestly think numbers and figures matter, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like Oscars too white or whatever. I forget what that was. Like, is this really – like, is this really what's important? But it speaks to a larger issue of race inequality that continues in our day and age. Is it as bad as it used to be? No way. Should we continue to strive to try and get better? Absolutely. But sometimes I feel like we pick a fight with the wrong the wrong medium, basically. You know, medium is the message. It's just the wrong medium half the time. Just like, why is that why is this the thing that we that we're that we're get this is the hill that I, I've been saying this a lot recently in pop this is the hill I'm gonna die on. That there's aren't aren't enough Hollywood actors who are not white being nominated for Oscars, this made-up award that is completely meaningless when you really think about it. That's that's what we're going. That's where the the real problem with race is. Because I disagree. That is not. Maybe this is just. Maybe that's a spot where it's very obvious and apparent that we still have race problems. But really, really, where the problem is is probably at a much deeper. Uh, what's that word? Institutional at an institutional level. And I'm not talking about the Oscars being the institution or Hollywood being the institution. I'm talking about schools, public services created that aren't helping people, healthcare, et cetera, jobs, things like that. Uh, can I, civil, yeah, sorry. Can I play devil's advocate a little bit? Yeah. Because I th- like the way I think on the surface, I agree. Like Actually, no, too no, white. no, no, you can't, you can't play devil's advocate. Okay. Uh, but like I think what I understood about that movement and this is why I just want to like challenge this point a little bit to see if there is something there is that like the depiction of uh, minorities in film is so important and seeing that or 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 their like you know either sorry either their depiction in the film or the role that they played in creating the film is important in setting the stage for the next generation for them to see people that look like them that sound like them that have shared experiences going and doing either uh, imagined roles like actors playing astronauts or whatever it may be or actually making the movies so I do feel like the argument is that it does speak to this more institutional problem because it's like media reflects culture or it drives culture either direction so 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 I'm guessing like or I'm wondering like when we pick these hills to die on is the issue that it's how it's being conveyed or is it that some issues are just petty and I'm not saying that one's the petty one but like how do we also this podcast has like nothing to do with loneliness now so like no it's still kind of does no I think it still (laughs) does because 
<laughs> because, for example, the, this thing that we're talking about right now could alienate someone. Like, just simply having a like. So, for example, you just having a different opinion from me. Sometimes with certain people, just be like, "All right, well, now Sheila thinks I'm a racist. Great. Like, I don't really think this way, but I'm just playing." I would hope not. <laughs> where all of these conversations that we're having, like understanding that, because pushing back on that one, my response is like, "Well, I didn't say anything. Mine was Oscars too white. I, I, I have no. I don't even know if I could formulate an opinion on if I want to see more minorities in roles or anything like that. I'm fine with." Because everyone's wondering if Alex is fine with minorities in in, in movie roles, uh, like I, that, yeah, that's great. Do that if there if there's problems where there's underrepresentation in film or whatnot. But just because there's underrepresentation in film doesn't necessarily mean that the underrepresentation in the Oscars is reflective of that. What if what if we had, and maybe this would even prove racism more. What if, what if we get to a point where ninety percent of all actors in movies are not white, and then but white actors are still winning that's still going to be like this issue that, that people have, but like, well, but at least now, like there's so much diversity and all of the art and culture that we have. I think really what I hate is I hate all awards. I hate all awards shows. So yes, that's why, true. <laughs> that's why, that's why I'm more of just like, this is where like this, I go back to this meaningless award that really doesn't signal anything to anybody. You want to know how, I have seen all the Marvel movies, and have they ever, ever been nominated for Best Picture? Maybe Special Effects Oscars? And I like those movies much better than most of the Best Picture things. So, just saying. Yeah, and I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, a lot of these petty things, or, like, things that we deem small or the wrong hill to die on, are they... Simple. Are they often trying to speak to something much deeper, and they're picking a thing that's going to get headlines... And like, is yeah, that, that the right thing it. to do? That could be it. I don't know. But I think, but just to go back, like a lot of the things that will like ping each other during the day of like, here's this ridiculous headline today is usually trying, like it's usually speaking to something else, right? Like. Correct. Most of the time. But like, I, I think we both get really angry just about like overly sensational headlines. And I think that's its own thing. But the issues are usually at their core, something more meaningful. Because I just feel like there's probably, and I have, once again, I have such a great life that I'm ignorant to all of the potential problems that there are, I guess you could say. Because, like, as an example, like, hunger's an issue, right? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure hunger is an issue somewhere. It's not an issue for me. And I'm pretty sure it's like people say like there's a bunch of people that are starving, starving in America. I'm just like, okay, cool. Take some more of my taxes and feed the people. Like if that's if that's what we need, cool. But then they'll be like, but there's other countries where people are really starving and we could be feeding them. And it's sort of a similar answer. Like, okay, cool. Can we can we take? I don't. I only have so much that uh, that I can that I'm willing to give, which maybe makes me sound like a bad person, but. I'm not gonna. I'm not a person who is ever going to be like. Here's 100% of all the money I've made in my life to this one charity. It's the quote that my brothers always say. I want the last check I bounce. I, I the last check I write to bounce. 
I want to make, and that doesn't mean that throughout my life I'm not going to be philanthropic or whatever, but it does mean I'm not, I'm never going to be, and the more money I get, the more philanthropic I can be. So if anyone wants to send money to me, great. I'll, I know exactly where to put most of it for you. Sorry. Just to, just to the point of like, there's probably so many, there are so many issues in the world that, that probably need resolving. And I don't even know where to begin sometimes with it, quite honestly. Like, I don't know, like, what's, what, what's the one thing that if everybody focused on this and went ham on it, it could literally change every single human's life? I think climate change, but you're never going to get everyone to agree on that. I know that for a fact. No matter how much evidence ever comes out, because for some effing reason we made it a political issue, which technically, because it involves people, politics. That's what politics is. Uh, that's why it's a political issue. But like, it's really just a survival issue. Eventually, something's going to happen. And honestly, it could be an asteroid. It doesn't even necessarily have to be climate change is going to kill us. Like, there's so many different things that could kill us uh, as a species that I just don't even know where we should all be focusing our energy right now. Like, what's what's the best use of my time is a question I struggle with all the time because going back to the entire point of loneliness for the podcast, like I want to spend time in the areas that are going to make me the most happy, fulfilled and finding meaning in my life. And I don't know where, I don't know where those, where those things are. And I'm really jealous of the people who do know what things make them really, really happy. And also just being a, a net benefit on the world in general is something that is hard for me to wrap my hat around as well, because I think most humans are a net benefit. Like I can't think of even of all the negative things that I've said recently about people that I'm closely related to. Like, I just hope everyone understands in that moment. Yes. Maybe I, I said that the actions and things that were going on were not the best in my opinion. And I'm sure that they would say a similar thing about how I acted in, in a given circumstance, they're all good people still. Like just because I had one bad experience, it doesn't negate all the positive things that they've done for me and for other people in all of their time being alive. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, can you think of, I can think of so few people that I'd be like, yep, you were overall a net negative. Well, the one that I spent world. time with, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like I can't think of anyone that I have spent time with. Like, man, you're bad. Like you're bad for the world. Even like really bad clients that I've ever had who I like are alcoholics, whatever. I'm like, I bet you they're really cool to their kids. <laughs> like, I bet you they're really, really nice raising their kids well. And overall, they're doing more good than they are bad. Yeah. But I, I think I think most people like we're all unified or all united in the sense that we all want to be happy. And everyone like that's like that's just what is true at your core. And when you recognize that, a lot of people's actions make sense. Like, I'm sure probably like sociopaths are probably like n at least net neutral i don't know unless they do something no like really good good for humanity i don't know any sociopaths personally but like yeah like a serial killer maybe not the coolest uh but, but, but what's, that's what's, like such a small portion let me do my pushing back so you protected the minorities i'm gonna protect the serial killers <laughs> that's that's the hill alex is gonna die on the serial killer 
<laughs> Serial Killer Hill, uh, which, by the way, great. Uh, I don't know if anyone has been to that hill in Northern California off of Bass Lake Road called Serial Killer Hill. It's great. Anyways, but all of the fans that they have, think of all of the entertainment that we have consumed from all of these serial killers to pass time in our lives. And that's not even what I meant when I said all these people positively affected. What I really meant is all these fangirls, generally speaking, like the people are like, oh my gosh, what's that? What's homeboys? Zach Efron played him. Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. All these people who knew that this dude killed 50 plus people or at least confessed to it and they fall in love with him. And then he somehow positively reflect, affects those people's lives. Like, it's insane Man. to me, and I don't understand it at all. But I'm just – the only reason that I bring it up is there's always a – there's always the unseen positives that we that we don't even recognize either. Because I'm thinking of, like, politicians now, too. Like, to my knowledge, I don't know enough of them well enough. But if I had to guess, they're probably a net positive for the entire world. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I don't have enough information. Because, like, even the serial killer fangirls, whatever, like, uh, my immediate thought is, like, uh, they could have channeled that energy somewhere else if uh, they had not existed. Um, But, I mean, yes, the the core message is true. Serial killers are also, like, 0.001% of the population. (laughs) So, not not too concerned about them. Right. Yeah, I just got this book. I haven't read it. It would really help for this conversation, but it's like, how will you measure your life? I think it's a pretty popular book, but maybe we'll have a, like an addendum to the podcast after I read the book. But yeah, just thinking about how you, how like, how do you judge if your own life was like net positive, I guess, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea how how that could even be. I'm trying to be like a nicer person, trying to be more empathetic, but also... And like having the mercy hand, like I'm trying to be like Jesus, everybody trying to, <laughs> trying to have, trying to have the, the, definitely not a, the fist no of justice, but the warm embrace of mercy at the same time. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get both of those things <laughs> Bec- because it's so hard. Like I, d- I don't, or, or maybe I should just go all mercy, go all in. But then I feel like you start excusing behaviors that are inappropriate in any situation man because and i think the reason that i feel that way is i so much want and i I don't want to out anybody but once again i've had some conversations recently with people that i am so happy happened i'm so happy that people were willing to take the time to say hey that wasn't cool it probably did and i i would assume that they probably after the conversation felt like Oh, he didn't get it. He didn't change his mind. That's just because we're not necessarily supposed to agree on every every single thing. Like there wouldn't be Democrats and Republicans if humans could come together and agree on every single thing every every single time. But I, I still respect and I'm very happy to know that, oh, I could have delivered this message in a, a different way. I could have said this in a different way. These are all very helpful things in making me be a better person as opposed to the usual human reaction and obviously finding the right moment to do it too. The usual human reaction of just not saying anything at all. Yeah, well, and some things take... I want. And I think that's going to help my loneliness. (laughs) I'll know what everyone hates about (laughs) me and not necessarily that I'm going to change it, but at least I can modify so they're not as affected by it. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, if I think so much of it comes back to personal ego for myself, like certain things that bother me about other people or that I, uh, like I push people, there's someone at work that I'm thinking of that the people at work that know me know that this person is, but the, this person just like everything, all of their actions really rub me the wrong way. And it's kind of rare that I have a really strong reaction to someone, like a very strong negative reaction. And like, I realize that the reason I struggle with this person is because they have traits that reflect things about myself that I don't like. Um, and yes. so I'm like not I'm not as kind about it, and really I should be more kind, right? Because that's I do those same things. Because you uh, get it, yeah. Yeah, like I know where that's coming from. It's coming from like a place of insecurity or a place of wanting to be, uh, you know, wanting to be loved, to be recognized, whatever that is. But off, like I've tried to just detach my own ego from it and be more patient and more kind, and it it helps, but it's still so hard, and it, it really is like. It's I don't know I feel like the reason I don't like people for certain things is about is about me. Like when I pick that out, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because I don't like this about myself. But I wonder, I wonder if I'm that way. I, I probably would have to reflect on it more to get a solid answer if that's the reason I am the way that I am and the reason I treat people the way that I treat them. It's because they're very very similar to me. I honestly don't know. I do. Or not. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be similar. It's just like I'm try like try if you try to think of someone who really really annoys you and you think about like why that is, what is it? What's I know. What's, well, I, the reason I dislike <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, but I I it's generally speaking like I don't get why people like you so much. That's usually like hmm. that's usually the reason that I'm like you're like not that they're not a good person, but the way that I feel is the easiest to express it is like, you're not a good person. And for some reason, people think that you are. And generally speaking, it's because somebody else has, somebody else that you're closely related to, somebody, like it could be your spouse, it could be your kids, it could be whatever. They've done something amazing and you just kind of get to ride on the coattails of this amazing thing that they have done, this this great popular person that you're around and you just kind of leech off of them and I'm just like wait why do people like you too oh and then so and then every now and then I get I'm like oh you because you're a great you're one of those people who is great at like oh you had a bad day well let's shit on everything for that day which is honestly what some people need in, in, in a moment of not weakness like in a moment of being downtrodden or whatever sometimes what you need is like just to talk shit about people and that makes you feel better and I don't think that's necessarily a quality that I want to have, but I also understand that some people need that so that they can, when I say people need it, like people need a person like that so that they can feel better and get out of whatever funk that they may or may not be, be in. But I see that, I see that as like their number one quality. I'm like, that is a horrible number one quality to have. <laughs> so like, well, like that is like, there, ha there has to be like some, some other way besides just, the situation is bad. It's not the people involved, but generally how it devolves is into talking shit on the person. Like, no, no, no. It's not the, the person themselves. It's a, a moment in time thing that happened that was bad. Like, yes, their behavior was inappropriate and inexcusable, but that person is still a good, is still a good person, even though they may have, may have treated you unfairly in a given situation. So are you saying that these, these people, 
that, that you, re is it more like you resent their popularity because you don't understand their popularity or is it because there is a common theme of negativity and like throw basically like throwing others under the bus or gossiping both. or whatever it may be and being unfair? Because there are some yeah. people that I'm just like, I don't get, like I did a podcast recently where I'm like, but that one is at least more understandable for me. But like, I don't know why everybody loves Cardi B. I don't get it, but a lot of people do. And then also a lot of people don't. So like, so there, there are times where like, I don't, I don't get certain things, but then other, other times, I think what's unfair of me even saying this though, is I don't know the person well enough to make that judgment, honestly. Like there, the, but from my perspective, that's how I view it. And through that lens, I create maybe very unfair judgments of people because I really just don't know them. And then I go, well, maybe I'll take the time to get to know them. And then it becomes a finite amount of time issue. I'm like, how badly do I really want to get to know this person so that I can know, oh, you are justified in the way that you interact with people, generally speaking. And so, it, honestly, most of the time, it's my fault. And I'm, I'm, it sucks to recognize that. But it, I'm happy that I at least understand that most of the time it's my, my own fault for not knowing the situation well enough or I get so few little breadcrumbs from people that I can't even make a full piece of toast. Uh, that's an Alex Skinner copyright, that's, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a little new saying that I, that I really enjoy because I guess it would be easier like, oh, it's a thousand piece puzzle and I have these 10 pieces when I've interacted with you. Great, I don't really understand because there are some times where I'm like really harsh and, and then I go... Alex, just imagine that they were molested as a child and you'll be way more empathetic for them. And it does work. I know it sounds really weird. <laughs> I know it sounds really stupid probably, but like sometimes I just go, maybe they, maybe like at some point they were like physically abused in some way or another, but it helps me empathize. And then if eventually I find out that they weren't abused in any way, then I have to go back to my default setting. I'm like, oh, you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say your like-dislike ratio is? It's getting better. Like I would say, and I don't know where I got this from. I would say like my like dislike ratio when I was in high school and then probably honestly until I was like 27, 28, 29 was probably like 20% like 80% dislike. But um, I feel like I've, I've now gotten to a point which, uh, where I like 50% of people and dislike 50% of people, but that's still not good enough for me either. I really do want to get to a point where and honestly, like I've been talking with my brothers about this a lot and really what it comes down to is like, it doesn't matter. Like you just, just focus on what you have and try to build that up and maybe you'll get some more th uh, auxiliary things coming in as well in your life. But it really, a fin de cuentas, it really doesn't matter. So maybe I just need to think of it that way. And I know that people are like, oh, that's a weird way to end. You're just going to be like, you want to know what, guys? It's like it's the it's the uh, the movie or entertainment equivalent of like it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a dream, so it doesn't even really matter. But no, like, I, I, does that make you think anything though? Like when I was a kid, twenty percent like, eighty percent dislike, and then now where I'm at as an adult, it's fifty fifty. Well, I just wonder if there's like a neutral, because I feel like oh, I'm just that's like a lot, that's a good a point. A lot of neutral. That's like active dislike for me is not very common. Like someone has to be like really, mm, that's really a, good a problem. Good point. Okay. Then I would so probably have to change mine because the 80% is, 
includes neutral and dislike. But people that like I, I really, really dislike and go out of my way to show my disdain for them is like under definitely under like five percent. Like it's not that yeah. many people. Because once again, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. Like if you are making what I view to be stupid choices and the way that you treat people I feel is unfair, generally what I do is I just distance myself from you and that is that. Yeah, because I see like dislike is like there's a lot of people I'm I'm like I get you I just you're not my cup of tea necessarily like we're cool I understand where you're coming from I understand why you are the way you are like that serves someone else's like you are someone else's cup of tea and that's awesome because the world needs a lot of different types of people and if everyone was like me it would be awful but then there's like a few that I will go out of my way to talk about <laughs> you know like oh, those are the people uh, yeah bad like, people yeah. Like, those are the people, like, if I'm talking to someone at work about how someone else is, like, really pissing me off or, like, they drive me crazy, there's, like, three of those people, maybe. Like, maybe. Um, like, that's, like, an active dislike of a person. And that part, I feel like, yeah, is, like, the 5%. Like, it's, it's not very It's probably big. even smaller than that, too, if I'm being honest. Yeah, of all people that we interact with? Yeah. Yeah, of all the people and all the people I've ever interacted with in my life, it mainly is benign. But I would say there's... There's definitely a couple. There's a few people in there that I, I don't even know. Like I would be wondering just like thinking of like the podcast and people that I've taken dumps on. Man, that's a great image. People that (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually do it and it's not some sort of weird eroticism, (laughs) but um, the people that I've actually like openly dislike, there's really not that many that I've even like talked about publicly like it, it really is like yeah there's a lot of times when they annoy me but for the most part it's just like a this sounds so bad and i feel bad for anyone listening to this who thinks that i'm talking about them but it's just like oh that's right you exist <laughs> right well Which and like, probably like, feels really bad but i'm just like you have to i was like you guys have to think that way about me too like exactly. there's no way it's just me who's just like oh yeah that's right you're a person who is technically kind of in my life but I just never think about you because I have so much other thing, so many other things going on, and I really don't care to maintain that relationship. And obviously, you don't either. And don't and please, like to everybody out, anyone listening who thinks this is about them, if you do think that this is about you, please don't ever try to convince me that you and I have some sort of meaningful relationship where you care about me, where the total number of words that we've said to each other over the last five to ten years is could be condensed into a 30 minute podcast or even less so don't just just a really big caveat for this entire thing because there have been people i've been talking about who be like man we really really or oh, no, no no they'll be like oh I, I i love you so much i care about you and i always just go bullshit you love me what are you talking about like the last time that you and i had a conversation that meant anything was never we have never had a meaningful conversation in our life and that like i don't want this to come across that i'm angry about it and that's fine that is fine we both have we're staying in our lane we know exactly the type of people we want to be be around and the people we want to interact with that's fine it's fine and we all have our rules and it's fine like that shouldn't be something that that hurts that hurts anyone because I have recently hurt people <laughs> by saying a very si- <laughs> by by saying a very similar thing in pr- and just just so everybody knows I've had these conversations with probably 20 or more people so and I'm not just saying that to make it more anonymous or whatever 
that is a legitimate, it's, it's over 20 people that I've had these personal conversations with. Some of them we do have good relationships and then others of us do not. But just so, just so everybody knows, there's been a lot of, I, we should probably do one with, with Katie on though. I want to do a, cause it's coming up on two years uh, from the first podcast release. I will tell you what, 2019, unreal good year for we want to talk about it now and um, positively and negatively the amount of listens that we got the amount of uh, the amount of people that actually reach out and talk to me about things for both good and bad things that they think I said has been surprising <laughs> to say the least makes me feel really really good about myself to know that I have a relevant uh, a relevant voice in a, a lot of matters without having to do a whole lot of promotion uh, everything has been word of mouth and I kind of want to keep it that way besides like little Instagram stories and whatnot. But just all of that to say, it's okay that you and I don't have a relationship. It's okay that, that, that we aren't as, and we don't have to pretend. I think that's what bothered me about it is in a number of the conversations, the, the audacity, audacity is the wrong word. I don't want to over dramatize it to make it worse than it, than it really is. But the, what would be a good word? Besides audacity, but bold, bold, like the bold, the boldness to say that you care about me and think about me regularly when I know for a fact that, well, first of all, thoughts and prayers don't do jack squat for anybody. Uh, Just a little, if going back to the loneliness thing, something that has been really major for me is like, oh, I want to interact (laughs) with, with people that I, I feel like have less going on in their life to make them happier or whatnot. But the, to, to be bold, to just to feel like you can prove a point and be a better person when I go, yeah, I don't really think about you that much. Really? Well, I, I think about you every single day. Don't, please don't do that because that's not true. And if it is because of, and if it is because you're saying, because, and generally speaking, just so everybody knows, it is from like LDS people and in LDS culture, it's really big to pray for people who no longer are members of the faith. We used to do it about my brother, Matt, every single prayer. You like, and please, I'll give you the exact vernacular so everybody knows it. And please bless Matt that his heart may be softened and that he may, and that he may come back to the truth. Something to that effect. I do know the word for word is please bless Matt that his heart may be softened. We would say that in every single prayer. And I do not consider that truly thinking about someone. If you really care about Matt, talk to Matt. Don't, don't talk to God. Don't gossip with God about him. <laughs> like, just go and talk to him. Like, that's not, you're not doing any good. Like, this sounds terrible, but it's the exact same thing. When my buddy got uh, brain cancer. I was seeing all these people like my thoughts and prayers are with you. I'm like, Hey, uh, can I send you money? That's like my first thing. I'm like you're going to need money to be able to pay and get this thing out of your, out of your, out of your head because God's not walking through that door with the $60,000, $60,000 check to keep, to help keep you alive and to get that surgery that you need. Granted it was what I go back to, and I hate making things about religion, but I go back to the people are always the best part of a religion. The people are always great. And then like it's the really nitty-gritty little details that they have within the religion that make them crappy at times. But for the most part, everybody is like super giving and kind. Anyway, I, I just ranted there at the end because there, <laughs> there were like some certain things where I'm just like, can we all just be, like be real for a second? Alex is being honest. Like, could you imagine, Sheila, if like you and I had a sit-down conversation where you're like, hey, I was 
I, I'm mad about something that you said. And then I go, I'm going to be honest. Like I recorded that. And then I haven't thought about you since then, like how hurtful that feels, but that's not the reason that I want to say it. It's just a simple, it's true. It's just, that's the truth of the matter. Like don't, we don't have to embellish facts to make us look better to a person who obviously doesn't care about us that much. Well, well, yeah, and it should be a relief, actually, because it should be like these things don't actually matter that much. Like the the mistakes that you make are not always these like big deals that people think about all the time and everyone just thinking about you. And like I, I, like to me that that hurts like that would hurt. But then I'd be like, oh, that's actually kind of good, though. Like if you were sitting there thinking about it all the time and stewing, that would be worse. Right. Yeah. yeah and there were like some some truths that came up in a number of these conversations that hurt me. In particular, because like, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize me saying X, Y, or Z in a certain way was, we should really have bingo. We should have bingo for the, I say X, Y, and Z so much. I say, what other things do I say a ton? Uh, I know I, uh, I'll, I'll think about it later. There was like a thing that I said, I was like, oh my gosh, I say that all the effing time. Um, I think it was, um, just kidding. But there were things that came up in a lot of these conversations that made me feel bad. There was a whole, there wasn't a whole lot that I could do to take back the things that I had done or said, but I'm so happy. Once again, I'm very happy that these things were brought up because otherwise I would have just gone ignorantly about my day and my life and not been able to improve my life overall. So I'm very happy that all of these conversations have taken place because I feel like it's making me, a lot, a lot better in, in many ways and more empathetic to things that I can't say. And one thing to remember, everybody, this is, a, this is a podcast. It does have to be entertaining. Otherwise, nobody will listen to it. So if I am not a little bit, if I don't really believe in the things that I'm saying or if I am not emphatic with the things that I'm saying, nobody is really going to care. Like there has to be some sort of if I'm not bringing any new knowledge or education to anybody, it has to be something quite entertaining. Uh, so that's just what, and then I, I'm sure the response would be like, well, maybe you could keep private things private. Like the way I keep things private is by anonymizing everything, which I don't know if anonymize is a word, but it should be. I think it's a word. If it is, it's a dope word. I love that word. <laughs> But have you, like, well, then again, you also don't share the podcast podcast that much. Not That's not like a uh, a thing against you or anything. I don't really share it that much either. But have, have you had anything like that happen? Maybe we should talk about this in the two years, uh, a re- reflection on oh. two years that we want to talk about now. You but like, has everyone been like, but I guess you don't really say mean things, though. Yeah, I I don't know. I the that's, only that's one I thing. can think of is when we did the um the guys and girls can't be friends one, and then there was that conversation in the forum, and I was like, uh, like, <laughs> like some of it is just a little bit, you know, some of it's dramatized a little bit, like you said, just for entertainment value, um, or it's like the range of an emotion. Like maybe most of the time you don't feel hundred percent that way. Most of the time you feel like twenty percent, but then you start getting all riled up. So I mean, and then you I, go all yeah, in. I don't usually. Yeah, I don't usually say say too much or I don't know, but uh, you said something else. Oh, I feel like the like a lot of this comes to like mental resilience too, and I don't know if you've experienced this because we're I think we're pretty different in this regard. But like having a team to manage has made me realize how 
important taking feedback from anyone is and how like it hurts in the moment, but you truly are better for it. Cause I think about managers that have like delivered some like very like hurt, like at least it hurt me. They were being kind, but it hurt. It hurt to hear that about something that I did. And now I'm so much better for it. And I don't have any regrets that they ever told me. And so I have to think about that when I'm giving it to my team, like, Oh, this sucks. This is going to be uncomfortable, but you need to hear this because it's the right thing for you. So it's like the kind thing. And I, and I don't necessarily apply that to my friendships. And I, I've been thinking about why that is. But I don't know if like managing has made you think more about that. I mean, it's different because you're actually dealing with money and like impacts on socioeconomic levels. But yeah, yeah like, well, as far, but yeah, I think managing has, because Paxton always said that it was having his kids that like softened his heart and made him like a little bit more empathetic in a lot of ways. I think just managing people in general has done that for me because understanding that what I could say could impact how they interact with their friends, family at home is like a really serious, I take it very seriously because I don't, I never want anyone I don't ever want to feel <laughs> like I did that day. Like, I don't want anybody to ever feel the way that I have felt after some negative piece of news has happened uh, with a client or whatever. I want my, I, I want them to obviously be aware of like negative things that are going on, but like also just to be happy. Like my goal is to be happy. So in order for them to get, be happy and not have to compartmentalize things or take things home. You have to exactly what you said, be kind, rewind and let them know, Hey, let's take a few steps back and let's correct this, this behavior. Thankfully, like my team's effing awesome. Uh, not to say yours isn't, but like for oh. the most part, they take criticism, if any, really, really well. And it motivates them. And the only reason that I ever do it is when I go, because otherwise you're going to have a much worse experience for a month. Like I'm going to be mean to you for a day so that you don't have to be depressed for three months is kind of the, the way that I look at it. Yeah. No. Also just for the record, my team yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Not that I felt, they listen, but <laughs> no, I but, felt bad. No, but I mean, yeah. I, I yeah, want to make yeah, sure, I want to make sure we're no, nobody's getting in trouble on this podcast. Cause I don't want anyone to, get in trouble for being honest, um, but just making sure we can clarify. Sorry, go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just think it's bigger picture like mentorship, right? Like when you're giving people feedback on something that can help them be better, however you want to like look at it. But I think that the, a lot of my, I feared confrontation in a lot of parts of my life and managing made me change the way I thought about it because I was actually thinking about it from like a kinder perspective. Like this is actually going to help you instead of trying to protect how it would make me feel for delivering it. Yes. So I like, it's actually painful for me to do it because I feel so bad, but I have to remind myself it's for the greater good. And I think that for them, right? Like I care about them and therefore I'm going to tell them this thing. Um, and that really hasn't happened often. Like they're really great, but I think that, uh, and everyone has that, right? Cause they're, especially when you're like young in your career, but I think what's important too, is like knowing that you can recover from it. So like if you, if it's with personal relationships and if you don't have, I think it's where the unconditional part comes in. Like you always say, there's no unconditional love. Like the, the relationships that I feel most secure in are the ones that I'm less afraid of criticism. Like I can handle it more. Um, like I can handle it more with Aaron. I can handle it more with you. Like that, like we have like a, you know, a, a 
a history that I know that you're not gonna not be my friend tomorrow or Aaron's not gonna leave me tomorrow. And I think it's the same at work, but with the more shallow friendships, and I say shallow like very broadly, just like more shallow than someone I've been friends with for 15 years or someone I married yeah. to, like, like that's harder is knowing like, are you gonna recover? Can we recover from whatever this thing is that you're saying bothered you about me? So I feel like that recovery piece is important. Yeah, that's one nice thing about me is like, maybe I haven't been giving myself enough credit, so let's just give Alex some more credit. But I don't think I ever, like I feel like I'm a very forgiving person. As much as I've thought my entire life that I'm not, but it's just like, I think we've talked about this too, or like the psychological safety thing. Like I'm one of those people who I will never judge you by the words that you say, but I will 100% judge you by the way that you act. Because I feel that ideas can become dangerous, obviously, but they be ideas become dangerous when you put them into action. So whenever people have like points of view that I strongly disagree with, whenever I there are people who, for example, drop the N-word in front of one of your friends because they think that they are I guess woke wouldn't be the right word, but like they think that they are cool for whatever reason. All right, that has now just become an action. It's not you're not using the word just to use a word, but like, hey, let's talk about let's talk about you never doing that ever again, because, and once again, for example, if that had been someone that I had a really really strong relationship with, first off, I probably wouldn't have a really strong relationship with someone who just so frivolously drops the n word uh, regularly because it's just a word, dude. It's just a word. Yes, I agree with that, but. Know your audience because not everybody thinks that way. So I understand the sentiment where that person was coming from, but I would also never associate with anyone. I don't think I could I could form a really strong bond with anyone who's just like, I can just say whatever I want whenever I want to say it and however I want to say it. Freedom of speech. But always from the South, Alex. They're always from the South. <laughs> but sorry, I forget where I was going with this point, so I apologize <laughs> to everybody for that. But just the, the, the idea of you're when you're talking about like correcting behavior or when w can we recover from this for the most part i think in every single relationship i've been in there's always like yeah almost there's you can recover from almost everything that i've been involved with that i've seen as and honestly like something that i'm recognizing like i'm never in i'm rarely in these highly emotional negative things if i had to if i had to guess i don't know if that's because i distance myself from people but like i don't feel like there's a whole lot of negative situations or things that happen in my life, which I'm thankful for. Maybe it is because I'm kind of a recluse and I don't hang out with a ton of people regularly, but there's never like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this terrible, horrible thing impacted me type thing. I don't know. Yeah. Have a good, I, have a good I life. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And the next time that we have something that we, uh, actually, I'm not going to end it like that. Like literally, my reasoning behind doing this podcast was one to test Sheila's microphone, <laughs> and then <laughs> two, Katie's out of town, so it may, makes me feel better just to be having communication with anybody right now. And then three is ev everything is gonna be all right. Rockabye, rockabye. Like nothing is ever. There's nothing, I, I'm really happy that you brought that up. There's almost nothing that you can't recover from. Because though I do not believe in unconditional love, I believe in something that is very, very close to it. 
because I go back to, I kill Aaron. I don't think you like me anymore, Sheila. Like, there's always something that likely is never going to happen, but there, is, there are things that are uh, impossible to recover from. But for the most part, general interaction, daily interaction, like 99% of everything that we do, we can recover from. And I hope everybody that's in that I actually do interact with that listens to the podcast on a semi-regular basis or because we're related by marriage or anything of that nature, I want everybody to know that I, I will put in as much time as I feel necessary with, with whatever relationships I, I want to maintain. If that hurts your feelings, I apologize, but you're probably putting in the same amount of time to maintain our relationship. And I know it will, like, I understand everybody has their life. And, uh, do you have any last things that you want to say, Sheila? Nope. The next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Don't waste your time commenting, and from the looks of it, nobody ever really spent any time commenting. Do subscribe so that you can always get the new pieces as they come in. That's really all that I have, because there's nothing else to say. Keep being better, and looking forward to chatting with you next time. Roasted. Uh, just really quick, I wanted to <laughs> look this up. <clears throat> What's funny is I have like I we we just spent like that whole hour just trying to figure this out, and I don't even I didn't do any preparation for what we're going to talk about. I think it'll be fine. So everyone should stop thinking about the grass is always greener, trying to keep up with the Joneses, and just trying to build on what they currently have because there's once again, if somebody really loves you, there's not go- see, and once again, if there's somebody who like really loves you. There, that's that's all you need as a foundation to build off of. Like that's enough. That's enough to make things work. So as long as there's that mutual love and or respect there, everything will be fine. Yeah. Well, and the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. No, that's a. I've never heard that. That's good. Invest. That's good. No, that's a really good point because. Yeah. Man. Because we all have to fake it. That's why I hate social media, but that's why I also... Oh, did I tell you? I should send you the pictures. So did I ever say, like, there's this... I told my wife, so at least I have one person that can confirm that I was right about this. This chick had a baby, and, like, literally her eyes changed. Not the color, just, like, you could see in her eyes how miserable she was. And then two weeks ago, she posts this thing, like, this is what postpartum depression like is like. And I called this, like, six months ago. I was just like, she, something in her eyes, she, it's, it's, she's not the same. She's not the same person she was before uh. she had the kid. Then she posted, I'm like, oh my God. And she went six months where other people could, and I understand, take your time or whatever, but six months where people could have been reaching out, helping her, uplift her, um, at least providing fake friendship <laughs> for, for, for a time. <laughs> and I was just like, man, and you were just, 
carrying that shouldering that burden for X amount of time. That sucks, man. I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what else I, I can, I can do stuff for you now, like supporting you with your pictures and crap like that. But man, we're all fighting battles. We've never done the one on, yeah. This made me realize we've never done the one on kids either. We haven't? Oh, because I did one with Katie. What do you mean? So, so like, was our one on kids, like, do kids actually bring you happiness? Yeah, like, debating what you wanted to have someone who had That's been really hard because it would would have to be someone I really – I could do PJ a bit because what sucks is your kids could eventually listen to the podcast and they could go, like, so you really didn't like me that much? Be like, no, you're just a little shit like all kids are. (laughs) Like, like at times, like, it sucked, but, like, overall, yes, it was a – benefit positive experience for me 